Hurry up, your favorite show's about to start. Grab a Capri Sun, some Dunkaroos, and settle in for another episode of The Millennial Movie Club. Hello, my sweet little lost children. Welcome back to another week of The Millennial Movie Club. Hey, everybody. Back with a movie that we actually like, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. We figured after last week, we brought that hot, steaming pile of dumpster into your laps that this week we would add a bit of cushion with a absolute favorite that we have been getting requests to do for quite some time now. Yeah, bless the pod with some hook. We're hooking it. Yeah, when we first started, I feel like this it was definitely one of the movies we talked about, like even before we did any of them. It's such a special film, and I just, you know, it's just like it needed to be at the right time. We are <laughs> talking about Hook today because we just cannot seem to get away from Robin Williams. But what can we do? He was everything. He was everywhere. I don't want to get away from him. I want to get closer to I want to get closer. Yeah. Yeah. Like those people that just exhumed their grandmother's dead body to like put fresh clothes on it. Like that's how close I want to be to Robin Williams. I agree. I want to take his ashes and just take a shower with him or something put like him that. Put a tattoo ink and get a tattoo. If you, okay. So if you did that, what would be the tattoo? Would it be a picture or would it be words? Um, It would be both. It would be a tramp stamp that is the genie mm. from Aladdin, and it would say, you ain't never had a friend like me. Damn, that's cool. <laughs> mine was going to be the genie. Okay. Um, I guess mine would be Pan, and it says... I know what it would say. Hook. No, you... God, you had such a good thing you could have done. Your emo ass, it could have said, like, to die would be an awfully big adventure. <laughs> oh, that would be sick. <laughs> oh, to live, that's the greatest adventure, though. I so I know. Well, I'm Jazz Apatos. Um, I feel like I'm doing two back-to-back weeks about theater kid fun facts, but I can't not say that the song in this movie that Maggie sings on the pirate ship, When You're All Alone, was the first ever solo that I had in a musical as a kid. Oh. I was Wendy and Peter Pan, and I sang this song in the show. So, Oh, wait, so Wendy sings it in, the, in your show? Definitely not historically, but the place that I did children's theater did a lot of illegal stuff with rights to music, so they just ripped sure. off this song from the movie and put it in the show. Very open-minded of them. <laughs> totally. Who is the government and laws to control our creative endeavors? Yeah, exactly. Don't tread on us um my name is dan levine i guess i should have saved my captain hook costume one for this week but i you know hindsight being 2020 so um when i was a little kid i was really really afraid of my furnace because it was making it made like a hiss sound and i thought it was ka from jungle book so (laughs) wow like i literally thought it was i thought he, he like lived in there oh my god that's so cute that little boys are afraid of snakes living in their furnaces and women mm-hmm. of all ages are afraid of snakes living in their toilets just waiting for the opportunity to bite them in the snatch. Yeah, I, I've never thought about that, I guess. And, you know, I could ha- they could bite me in the butt. That's true. Now you might think about it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know you don't have Maybe. normal fears. Like, you never think about ghosts. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, my normal fear, like a snake, a fictional snake that hypnotizes people, little kids living in my house and nobody else's. In toilet. But that's besides the point. Thanks for yeah. getting on board. Shall we set the scene? Yeah. Yeah. When his young children are abducted by his old nemesis, Captain Hook, middle-aged lawyer Peter Banning returns to his magical origins as Peter Pan. Peter must revisit a foggy past in which he abandoned Neverland for family life, leaving Tinkerbell and the Lost Boys to fend for themselves. Given their bitterness towards Peter for growing up and their allegiance to their new leader, Rufio, the old gang may not be happy to see him. Screenwriter Jim Hart, he had been looking for like a new angle for Peter Pan for years. And in 1982, his three-year-old son made a drawing and it was like a crocodile eating Captain Hook. And his son said the crocodile didn't really eat him. He got away. So he's like, oh, wow, Hook's not dead. The crocodile is. We've all been fooled. And then he realized that Peter did grow up just like all of us. And he was like, oh, yeah, he would probably be like on Wall Street where they're like pirates are wearing three-piece suits and riding limos. I love that. So that's where the idea came from. That was very clear to me this watch. 
I have not watched this movie again as an adult. I have not watched this movie in many years. And yeah, the whole dichotomy between like kids being a force of good and adults being a force of evil Mm -hmm. and how like him, you know, being in like mergers and acquisitions. like, like, oh, Peter, you've become a pirate. Yeah, fuck. Breaks my heart. It's good shit. Speaking of good shit, this movie is packed with uh, incredible actors. Our title character, Hook, played by, which I did not know this for the longest time. Oh, really? He's played by Dustin Hoffman. They just do such a good job at disguising him. Yeah, they do. So we know him from movies like Tootsie, Kramer vs. Kramer, Rain Man, Meet the Fockers, Kung Fu Panda. Just goes on and on and on. He also has another role in, in this movie, which is really cool. He plays the pilot when they're flying to England. He what? gets on the loudspeaker and he's like, this is your captain speaking. <gasps> it's like Captain Ooh, Hook. I love that shit. Very cool. That's fun. And then another cool thing, they wanted uh, Bowie to be Captain Hook, but he turned it down. I think Why? that would have been badass. It would have been fucking great. It would have been Peter Pan meets Labyrinth and the pants would have been so, so tight. I can't even imagine how tight those pants would have been. Dance, Peter, dance. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, we have Peter Banning slash Peter Pan played by the beloved and dearly departed Robin Williams. We know him, of course, from Mrs. Doubtfire, Jumanji from the podcast alone. Goodwill Hunting, Aladdin, The World According to Garp, Good Morning Vietnam, every single thing. He's just the best. I don't care how many times we say it. He's he's just the best. He They said that he would do stand up for the crew in the shoots. <laughs> so it was like a really grueling uh, production process apparently it went way over so it's like a hundred plus shooting days producers were just like listen we're losing them there's about to be a mutiny on the set yeah robin do your thing that needed to happen because the lost boys were rowdy and rambunctious and like it was it was not fun to try oh, to keep those kids in chaos check. i mean it's a bu- not only is it like a bunch of kids it's a bunch of boys it's a bunch of boys who like are picked because they look ragged and haggard and have like untamed energy except thud he's i don't think he would have he's an old soul that dude he is yeah fucking love thud also another this will be my last alternate cast thing for peter uh the first choice (laughs) so anyway you could get this no not david bowie (laughs) someone who's just as flamboyant though there's no way uh Uh, wait 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 nathan lane no, no, oh, okay. no, you're never going to get this. Who? The first choice was Michael Jackson. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Because obviously he's always wanted to play Peter Pan. He's well, and he had the it. Neverland Ranch. He had Neverland Ranch. But then Spielberg was like, hey, this is also about like a lawyer. And he was like, oh, never mind. Nah. <laughs> Which apparently Robin Williams hated, hated doing that part. What, obviously. being a lawyer? Yeah, being like Peter Banning instead of Peter Pan, being a a shitty dad and <laughs> it was giving me jumanji vibes yes yes when he like uh pretending to be later like, it's like starting to act like his dad oh that's true uh, and also when he's like yelling at them too yeah yeah like, it's up. true he is a bit of a stick in the mud for the majority of this movie but when he makes the turn he really makes the turn <sighs> it's nice it's a little too fast actually for my liking <laughs> sometimes. yeah yeah we're gonna talk about that yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Julia Roberts in the role of Tinkerbell, uh, one of the few bankable female stars of the 1990s and 2000s. She is still a pretty iconic finger figure. <laughs> we <laughs> we have to stop recording these after a full work day when my brain is like, yeah. um, anyway, we know her from Mystic Pizza, Steel Magnolias, Pretty Woman. Uh, August Osage County, Aaron Brockovich, Eat, Pray, Love, Notting Hill, and from My Best Friend's Wedding, as heard previously on the pod. She was a nightmare on set, apparently. What? Uh, nicknamed Tinker Hell. Because what? I don't think it was her fault so much, though, because she had just broken up with Kiefer Sutherland. She like got left at the altar, and what? it was while they were filming. He's a dick. Yeah. Everyone well, says he's a dick. He also saved the planet like 50 times, though, in 24. So I'm not going to hold too much All against right, him. That's fine. But man, <laughs> the runaway bride got run away from. Yeah, that's right. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So she was probably, she hated it. Literally, she hated filming she it. She could have filmed her stuff in one day. Right. Like all of her shit is just like her green screen into a different. Well, she had like one scene with Robin Williams, but. I mean, different sets, I guess. It's because it, a lot of it's not green screen. It's like physical 
physical sets. A different lantern. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Wow, what a shame. But hey, when heartbreak strikes... That's when Heartbreak okay. Strikes, you get a Razzie nomination, which is what you got for this role. What is that? It's the opposite of the Academy Awards. Like, a, oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think they could have cast better in this part, to be I thought it was honest. fine. I don't really it think there's fine. anything wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I just feel like it could have been better. Sure. The elegant and revered Maggie Smith in the role of Wendy Darling. I mean epic we know her from uh, mostly a lot of theater but we know her from sister act a room with a view harry potter gosford park downton abbey yeah of course professor mcgonagall i mean Mm -hmm. she this woman has looked 150 years old for the last 40 years yeah she was 56 they had to (gasps) age her up to 92 in this movie she was 56 in this movie yeah. Even wow. I mean you could tell that they did some stuff, but she still like you could also just tell she just like is an old looking person. I mean, goddamn, but she was super fine as a young woman. Oh yeah? Oh, I didn't even see. She just hit a certain age and they were like, Ah uh, yes, you are officially a crone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, she was. She's dime. Oh yeah, total babe. I mean a, a completely epic cast as well as some really fun cameos that we see throughout. Uh, the cameos are unbelievable. The set was supposed to be crazy. There was like famous people visiting it all the time. It's like, a, like the, the place to be. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, Glenn Close and David mm-hmm. Crosby play mm-hmm. pirates. Jimmy Buffett was a pirate, but it got cut. It didn't make it in. <laughs> sad. Very sad. That sucks. Carrie Fisher and George Lucas are in this movie as the couple that are kissing on the bridge. <gasps> oh, my when God. Tinkerbell comes and like sprinkles that. I never that, uh, noticed them before, but yeah, it's, there's it's like a couple kissing and then they just like float up into the sky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aww. And it's cool because Carrie Fisher actually wrote a lot of the dialogue for Tinkerbell. That's really cute. They were like, who here talks like a lady talks? Oh, you? Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah, you seem to be a lady. Get in here. <laughs> and she was. And she, and, and so she did. Um, And last one is Phil Collins. He was the inspector. He he just needed to be in this movie. They were like, get in here. Come on, man. I kept seeing all this stuff about Phil Collins popping up, and I was just like, there's no way he did this soundtrack. (laughs) But can you imagine if he did the soundtrack to this movie? I would have loved it. Well, it was supposed to be a musical, apparently, but (laughs) it only had like a couple songs, obviously. But It would have been too much. It would have been too much. I don't, I'm not a big musical person, so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would be super psyched for that. I'm so glad it's not. And if he had done anything close to what he did in Tarzan, which is just melt my too face hard. off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we could have handled that with everything else this movie had going on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> to leave it to John Williams, just like the, the greatest living, you know, composer <laughs> to take it from there. He did good. Did great. Although most people did not think this movie was done so great, which surprised me, actually, yeah. because obviously if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, you more than likely have very fond feelings towards this film and always have known it to be a very beloved film, but really like super low score on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like critics overall were just like not impressed. I feel like it's got to be really tough to guess what's going to be a hit for kids. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not confident at all that I would have been able to see this movie and have liked it as an adult. I as don't an know. Adult first. I have no clue. Yeah. I don't know. For the most part, I feel like I can be like, this did not age well. But like, mm-hmm. this is still just as magical to me. I loved it as much this watch as I've ever loved it. Yeah. And, I, and there was so much more that I didn't notice. There is adult stuff in there for sure that I never caught on to, but that makes it more fun to watch it Agreed. through the ages and then pick up more shit. And I just, I like the plot of Peter Pan in general, just more and more and more as I get older. Yeah. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about Finding Neverland the whole time I watched this movie. Oh my God. And just that movie is so freaking great. But all the, the great symbolism yeah. of the clocks and, you know, uh, again, like what you were saying that, you know, being a child and not having to grow up and all the parents being pirates. It's just, I love it. I, yeah. I'm Even totally this taken watch by it. of this film made me realize like truly how bittersweet the whole story is. Like there's a lot of kind of sadness around this whole thing. Like oh, we'll get into it, but 
speaking of other buzzkills, let's get into the reviews. <laughs> First, we have David Anson from Newsweek who writes, a good half hour too long and badly in need of some scares. Hook is a huge party cake of a movie with too much frosting. After the first delicious bite, sugar shock sets in. Excuse me, did they even watch the boo box scene? Because it's <laughs> it was absolutely my the scariest thing I'd ever seen when I was a kid. Bothered me a lot as a child, still bothers me now. Still gets and me. And it makes more sense now because I know that that is Glenn Close. Yeah. But what, back before I knew it was Glenn Close and I thought it was just a man with like a very horrifically shrill scream that yes. really bothered me. Ugh. It really scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And <laughs> it's probably why I'm so claustrophobic now. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was enough for me. That boo box was enough for me. And there was moments where I was like, so how much is pretend here? Because there's a lot that's like up to the imagination. But they are straight up killing kids. So like- Yep. That's pretty heavy. I think the beginning where we haven't seen Hook yet is really scary, actually. Definitely. Like with his hook marks on the wall and like he really takes the kid. And then they're like, oh, the man who washes the windows took the ball from me. And they're like, ah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, That shit's scary. What the fuck is that? Which I would now argue was Smee. Yes, I would guess so. Because we see him as sort of like, anyway, we see him at the end and he's kind of like, between two worlds right if we want to think that's him or not but and then captain hook is the pilot so it's up for interpretation yeah listen if this is a huge party cake of a movie i like cake yeah sign me up for cake yeah and i like frosting so in real life and in this metaphor so eat a dick (laughs) this cake too sweet for you how about (laughs) eating a duck That'll show him. <laughs> Who's next? Who wants another clobbering? <laughs> you know who. You know He's who. He's been waiting on deck, swinging three bats. Just yeah. To get <laughs> you know exactly who. And it is this grown-up pirate. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Roger Ebert. <laughs> the Jolly Roger. The, jo- <laughs> the Jolly Roger. Ah, yeah, he gave this movie two stars. Was oh not a fan. What do you say? What do you not like? I'm going to tell you. He said, the ads for Steven Spielberg's hook ask the question, what if Peter Pan grew up? But the answer, alas, is that then he would probably star in a lugubrious retread of a once magical idea. The sad thing about the screenplay for Hook is that it's so correctly titled. The whole construction is really nothing more than a hook on which to hang a new version of the Peter Pan story. No effort is made to involve Peter's magic in the changed world he now inhabits, and little thought was given to Captain Hook's extraordinary persistence in wanting to revisit the events of the past. The conclusion of Hook would be embarrassingly excessive, even for a movie in which something of substance had gone before. Yikes. I don't agree with one part of that. I don't either. I think there's a lot of magic in there. Yeah. I think it's very clear why Hook wants revenge. Yeah. I, that's my favorite part that Hook like can't, he can't get over it. He needs mm-hmm. him to come back. Yeah. Like because there's no point of him without Peter. Right. Yes. Without the good, there is no evil. Oh. And the Amazon reviews were mixed as to be expected. There were people that were just like boring. And then there were people that were as many of us just like enamored with this then and now. As one woman writes, her review simply reads, I am 75 years old. Best two hours I've spent in a long time. Nice. And she's had a long time. Yeah, she has had a long time. And if this is the best two hours she's spent in a long time, you know it's good. Right. For her, a long time is probably like 15 to 20 years. For me, a long time is like maybe a year. Yeah, exactly. This other reviewer writes, horrible. The worst. If you're five or six years old, this may do the trick. Otherwise... The sentimental gush is so force-fed and heavy-handed, it becomes painful. The movie beats a dead horse and then takes the dead horse and beats you with it. <laughs> Whatever. No, it doesn't. I, I could see I could see the criticism that it's a t- it's like a hair too long. Like maybe yeah. like 15 minutes too long or something. Yes. I get it. Like I thought it was over and then it wasn't over. That's okay, though. It's all good. All right, my dear friend Daniel, shall we sprinkle some pixie dust onto ourselves and think happy thought into the plot? Yeah, absolutely. We should go to, what is it? First first star on the right and straight on till morning. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. We begin looking at the faces of young children in awe as they watch in the audience of a school production of Peter Pan, where daughter Maggie is playing the role of Wendy. Naturally, overworking father Peter's cell phone goes off. (laughs) 
another meeting, but he's meant to leave on a family trip to go to and also go to his son's big game. Now he's missing out on his daughter's play. Oh, brother. So, you know, it's nothing we haven't seen before, right? No, no. Classic setup of the overworking dad. He might be the shittiest dad I've ever seen. Like zero redeeming qualities yeah. in this man, okay? And I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> uh, cut to the family's flight to London. Peter is afraid of flying. And Jack is, of course, mad at him for missing the game and is just like mouthing off. He's like, when are you going to stop acting like a child? Grow up. He's like, I am a child. That Okay, so is that where you're saying for uh, Jumanji? Because that's right out the Jumanji play. Or I guess Jumanji. Oh, yeah. Have, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Grow uh, up. Grow up. So uh, they are all headed as a family to England to see Granny Wendy. They enter this bustling house. Everyone's screaming and happy to see each other. Peter and Moira have history. His wife, Moira, have history in this house, though we're not sure quite what just yet. Peter's not being very nice to Wendy. Like, Wendy is is so happy to see him, hasn't seen him in like 10 years. Peter just like doesn't even really give a shit. Well, first, I would correct that by saying there's like all this stuff going on in the house, but then Maggie Smith, as Granny Wendy, descends the stairs and says, hello, boy. She's like comes down and he's like transfixed looking at her. Like, you can tell she does have kind of an immediate hold on him, but doesn't really know why, but like he does have a moment where he's just like looking at her with this like dazed look on his face. But then, yeah, as he kind of snaps out of it, he just doesn't pay attention to anybody. He's like brushing everybody off, but she's so happy to see them and to see her great grandchildren. And they're there because a children's hospital is donating a wing to her. Is that right? Yeah. I think so. Because think she's so. like the best woman of all time. Yeah. Best woman of the Millennia Award. She's getting that one. They're like, she's made it to 150 years old. This deserves something <laughs> to be right. celebrated. Everyone needs to know. Yeah. But she's so happy to see her great grandchildren. And she's like, in my house, there's no growing up. Basically. Is what <laughs> Pretty good. Says. I love uh, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Jack's like describing his dad's job and mergers and acquisitions. He's like, if there's any resistance, he blows them out of the water. She's like, Peter, you've become a pirate. Which I don't really understand what he means by if there's any resistance from what? Other companies like not wanting to be acquired or merged. What? I don't the know. Fuck, that doesn't have to do with business. With the lawyer. What do oh, you business, know about business, 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 Daniel? You host a podcast about movies. That's this right. Is- My full time job. Because <laughs> we get paid. To do this. That's right. Merchants acquisitions. Did, well, I'm just a creative. Someone did DM us and was like, "When are you guys going to start a Patreon so I can give you all my money?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, never." <laughs> we want an easier way to get paid. We don't want to put in that much effort. We can raffle off like our clothes or something. That'll help us. Yeah, like we'll make plaster molds of shirt. Daniel's feet. Yep, yeah. the flat feet. Yeah, famed flat feet. Maybe oh, help. two of them. Put the soles together. Slip your dick right through the middle. <laughs> Turn them over and use it for like a, as a whetstone for your knives. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The award for most creative use of feet goes to. <laughs> that can't be the most creative use. <laughs> it's got to be Certainly the least not. gross one. <laughs> yeah. The most creative, least sexual use for feet. <laughs> Not included walking. Um, love them. <laughs> uh, yeah, moral of the story is give us your money. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or help us find somebody who will give us their money. Yeah. So Peter is working on a huge deal right now. So he's just like addicted to his cell phone. You can tell he's like walking through this home and he's haunted by memories that he can't quite remember. Finally, like it just builds where he's just like yelling at everyone. His wife Moira takes his cell phone, chucks it out the window and and gives him this like really beautiful speech where she's just like, look, we have just a few precious years with our children where they actually want us around. In a few years, we're going to be chasing them for attention and you're completely missing it. Yeah, that speech kind of knocked the wind out of me. Yeah. It's not like it comes out of nowhere, but it's so, (laughs) it's such like a devastating truth. And it's not even like I have kids and it really like got me. (laughs) It's true. You like sacrifice so much and do so much for these little shitheads. And only for a few short years do they love you. And then they're like, get away from me. (laughs) And it's also just like you're going to wish so bad that they want you around like they do right now. Like they're pesky to you right now. And it's only like these small 
small window of time. Listen, I'm so nice to my dad. And every time I see him, he still regularly reminds me that he wishes I was young again. So, um, (laughs) but yeah. So uh, meanwhile, in the other room, Granny Wendy is telling the children stories of fairies and Peter Pan and telling them like, yeah, I'm the real Wendy. Yeah. Our neighbor, J.M. Barry, when we were kids, he wrote stories about us. So like the equivalent Uh, would be in Finding Neverland, it'd be like the kids that played with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. kind of strange to think about. I mean, yeah. not strange, but like cool. Cool parallels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it's time for the adults to go out to this big dedication dinner um, while the kids stay home. And Peter gives this really beautiful speech about how Wendy brought him in from the cold, taught him how to read, found parents to adopt him. And uh, many in the audience stand up having apparently been through the same uh and he's like you know you're lost boys too so are these actual lost boys are some of them actual lost boys because there's there's women who stand up too and there aren't any women in neverland Neverland. that aren't like mermaids and shit yeah what the fuck i took issue with that that the only women in the this movie the only female roles were like fucking groupies trying to fuck peter pan Mm. yeah and tinkerbell yeah and she's a groupie And Wendy. Yep, Yep, and Wendy. (laughs) Literally everyone in this movie. Maggie. Maggie's the the voice of reason. No, the girl. His daughter. Oh, his daughter. Well, yeah, she's not going to try to fuck her dad. But anybody who knows him as Peter Pan, who is a female character, has or has tried or does try to fuck him in this movie. Yeah, who can blame him? Even centuries old Maggie Smith. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it. So, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if, like, lost boys that come back from Neverland, she ended up finding them homes Maybe. You know, in the real world. But while this is going down, strange things are afoot at home. You know, the wind starts blowing the windows open. There's this hook latch on the window that looks just like oh. Captain Hook's hook that like slowly so opens cool. up. The covers blow off the children's beds. And the windows blow open at the dinner too. And you can tell like Wendy knows something's up. So they get home and there's a hook mark running through the house from the front door into the children's rooms. And there's a note on the door held up with a sword saying, your presence is required at the request of your children signed Captain Hook. It must have taken a lot of work to drag that hook all the way up. (laughs) They're like, we just built this beautiful set house. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like all of his henchmen like are probably already up there for a while. And he's like, God damn it you know like pulling this thing. Yeah, he's like he's like this wasn't on purpose i just got snagged on the way in and i can't get my kid <laughs> out of the wall it out of there yeah um, but it is so cool this is where I, I i think it's really cool where you're like really scared of captain hook you haven't seen him yet oh and, yeah but it's some sinister shit yeah the music is so scary and the lighting is really cool and, and theatrical i don't know why david bowie didn't want to play this part because he literally did the same thing maybe he because he already did it he's like i already maybe. broke into somebody's room and stole their kids right maybe that's it dance magic dance okay i can't talk about that movie <laughs> without singing that song so of course like i don't even know why they called the police i mean i get that they are yeah. not yet clued into the fact that like this is a real thing yeah but you got like your like 92 year old great grandma and like her crazy friend mm-hmm. saying that it's like Captain a Hook pirate is i'd be like all right, I'm just going to call the police like, just yeah. in case then. <laughs> just, in, just in case you're actually just old and crazy. You're um, probably right, but just... We're, we're Just to be safe, we're going to call Phil Collins. <laughs> and right. he's like... They could feel him coming. They could feel him <laughs> in coming the in the air tonight. Hold on <laughs> to your children. Um. <laughs> We're so dumb. Okay. So stupid. So um, finally, Wendy gets Peter alone and is like, okay, it's time to tell you some shit. How far past can you remember? And like he can really only remember as far back as when he was 12 or 13. And she tells him at last that he was Peter Pan. This part was weirder than I remember. The dialogue is strange here. She's like, when I was a girl, no other girl held your favor the way I did. Talking about how she was like expecting him to stop her wedding at the church. Yeah. But you didn't come. And he's like, grandma? Literally, they get super <laughs> close as if they're about to kiss. Yeah. And he literally goes, grandma? <laughs> and she's like digging on him. 
Also, like, she was probably, well, back in that day, maybe she was, like, 19 or 20 when she got married or something. But he's right. still 12. Yeah. And that- she's, like, waiting on him to stop her wedding. Right. That was my notes. Like, so how long was Wendy seeing this 12-year-old boy? Like, he visits her, and she's super old, and he clearly didn't understand yeah. Well, I don't know how, how time works in Never Neverland. Neverland, yeah. She loved being his special girl. And she really loved it. She was like literally moving in to kiss him. <laughs> Grandma? Grandma? <laughs> She's like, yes, I was a grandma when I wrapped you in blankets. And then you saw my 13-year-old granddaughter in the bed and you decided to stop going back to Neverland. The weirdness does not stop. Nope. <laughs> it just keeps going. Super weird. Generational... Sexual trauma. Oh, imagine being popsicle sisters with your own grandma. Right. No, thank you. For those so at probably home don't tell Moira then. Popsicle sisters are is the equivalent of the male Eskimo brothers. Eskimo brothers. Right. I'd never heard that actually, but I immediately popsicle, like it's popsicle great. twins. That's what it is. Popsicle, popsicle twins. twins. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Yeah, it's a bit. Sometimes strange. the f- words are just perfect. Yeah. So it turns out the stories are true. And only you can save your children. And he's like not trying to hear this. She's like, Peter, don't you know who you are? Holds up the Peter Pan book, shows him the illustration. So naturally he gets wasted. Yeah, got to. Yeah. yeah, and then also like they mention it later that he's like an alcoholic. But it, this is the only time that he we gets only, drunk. Yeah, because in Neverland, the liquor is invisible. Y- yellow mashed potatoes or something. <laughs> So he gets drunk, he opens the window, and this glowing orb flies into his room. Turns out it's a beautiful, glowing, runaway bride fairy who's also a prostitute with a heart of gold and an enormous mm-hmm. mouth trying to stop her best friend's wedding. That's Just right. kidding. It's Tinkerbell, played by Julie Andrews. <laughs> Julia oh. Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um, Peter is into her, too. He's like, you have wonderful legs. It's like, damn, dude. Strange. Which, fair. Yeah. But. Hey, fair. She is like trying to tell him what's up. He needs to come save his kids. After some light convincing, she eventually has to knock him out and drug him with pixie dust and fly him to Neverland herself. So strong, Tink. Jesus. Incredible. So he wakes up and... Never, never land. You'd think she'd bring him into like the Lost Boy section, but she just like drops him right into pirate <laughs> territory right. where he like think of immediately that. <laughs> gets his block rocked. Yeah, that's right. I, I was like, why would you start here? Maybe she thinks it's going to be like an in and out kind of thing. It's I like, think right. she thinks, yeah, like I think they all think like he, he's Peter Pan, like he didn't, right. he hasn't changed and they don't really get a grasp really that he doesn't know anything about who he used to be. We follow Smee carrying a newly sharpened hook to the legend himself. We meet Captain Hook, claiming he will finally have his revenge on Peter Pan. But who doubted me? <laughs> you, Glenn Close, you did. It's so funny how he could sniff it out. It's like, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, and then they just throw Glenn Close right, right in that boo in box. The boo box. The it's boo like box. It's like a chest, a treasure chest. They latch shut, and then they put a scorpion in. Like a couple scorpions. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, the screams are bad. They're so bad. Freak me Um, out. So Peter is there in disguise as a pirate. When Hook raises the children up in this big net, he like breaks from the disguise and is like, those are my children. And Hook is like, no fucking way is that Peter Pan. Which is like, it it sucks for everyone, right? Like it sucks for him that he's not Peter Pan, but it also sucks for Hook because there's no victory here like in destroying him. It would be super, super easy. Just like kill him. Kill them all. Yeah, fuck like, it. Who cares anymore? He gives them every opportunity to like fly up and touch their hands. And he That's cannot. The best. Oh my God. <laughs> he like, like climbs across. The, these kids are like, Dad, please. Like, and he's and just, he just too tried scared. to guilt him into it. It's like, come on, mommy could do it. I know. <laughs> Damn, dude. So, they're just like, what the fuck is up with this dude? Why doesn't he just fly? Like, he's been gone so long, his mind has been gentrified. So there's something in the air in Neverland does shit to your brain. And when you go into the other world, too, you start to forget things. It's right. Cool. It works both ways because yeah. Jack will start to, and and Peter, will start to forget things about the other world. Right. Just the same way. Tink is like, wait, give me like three days to get him into shape and then you can have your war. Hook's like, all right, fine. Peter gets knocked off the boat, off the plank, and suddenly these three mermaids swim up to him and are, quote, helping him breathe underwater, All a.k.a. Right. 
making out with him. Okay. And helping his dick breathe too. (laughs) (laughs) Just blow bubbles into my dick. (laughs) Literally. It's drowning. Hey, guys, if you ever need, if you ever need tips, if you ever need pickup, if you're ever trying to get blown right quick underwater, Dan's your man. (laughs) Dan will show you how. Getting blown for dummies. By mermaids. It's a really long title. (laughs) (laughs) By mermaids. And like literally, like he's truly about to have a foursome with these mermaids. And then we just jump cut to him being like raised out of the water in a clamshell. So what is on the cutting room floor? That's what I want to know. That's right. Someone's got that footage. You know what? It makes sense that Peter Pan would be the most fuckable dude in Neverland. Like, he is kind of the man, right? He's the man, and he's also the closest to legal age in Neverland. He's just the oldest, so, besides a pirate. And he, I don't think you want to fuck a pirate. Nah, they dirty. No. Um, but it just, at this, I literally wrote in my notes, literally every female character in this movie is a groupie. Yeah, that's right. They just all want to, I mean, it's like in the... The original Disney, they're all groupies too. Yeah. Everyone's just Tiger trying to Lally, fuck Peter. Wendy. Yeah, everyone. He's mm-hmm. like the Mick Jagger of Neverland. Yeah, he's like the Pete Davidson of Neverland. Ooh, yes. Thank you for that much more up-to-date <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for us. Keeping it <laughs> hip for the kids. Oh, yeah. so... You guys know Pete Davidson, right? <laughs> <laughs> Through lots of physical tribulations, he ends up in the land of the Lost Boys. And it's hitting me for the first time that, like, these kids have been kids for a really fucking long time. Like, long before he even left and grew up. These kids have been kids for, like, hundreds of years. Could be, yeah. I mean, forever. And all they do is just play. They literally just play. If you could, adventures. If you could go somewhere, Dan, that would keep you a child forever, would you do it? Forever? Can, can, I, can I die if I want to? Uh, well, people die in Neverland, so... But so I can die if I want to. Then, uh, yeah, of of course. Wait, you would just want to stay a kid until you decide it's your time to die. Yeah, uh, no, because I do want. I think I'm with Peter because when he starts talking about how his greatest joy was like seeing Jack, and I was like, I get you, Peter. He wanted to be a dad because you want to be a dad. Yeah. Aww, you never told me that. Uh, I think I just figured it out. Watching you his want movie. To be a rescue dad. That's yeah, really that's right. freaking sweet. Yeah, and then you couldn't, you know, you know. Mm, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know so, exactly what you mean. What else would Eat she be talking food. about? <laughs> get wasted. Yeah, get wasted. Eat real Eat food. food. <laughs> that's not just Play Doh. Also, something else that I thought was interesting, too, is like these kids come from like throughout all different time periods in history. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, that's even right. Even though they all kind of look like newsies, but like <laughs> you would think like a, a lost boy could come there at any time. Like basically all it takes is like a baby being found by a fairy. So that's how everyone gets to Neverland, you think? Like, is there anyone born? No, no one can be born in Neverland. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. Well, well, first of all, I don't know. Is a child fucking a mermaid and making a baby? Like how? Does anything fuck a mermaid? I don't know. There are like pirate wenches, but again, That's they're true. they're just a bunch of prostitutes. Well, how do how do the pirates get here? That's a good question. I, I think they were regular pirates, and then they like their boat crashes into Neverland, and they're stranded in Neverland. I buy it. I totally buy it. Because Captain Hook says, "I hate living in Neverland." Yeah, that's right. Oh. But he is Captain Hook, so yeah. What you gonna do? Yeah. Person right. getting the second most amount of D in Neverland, like that's mm-hmm. pretty good. Mermaid D. He has little pirate sluts running around, grabbing his hook. I don't want to be presumptuous, but I think him and Smee. I literally put that in my notes. Yeah. I put that in my notes for the first time. I was like, I think they're actually partners. I think they might be. Yeah. Like I think they're just an an older gay couple which I kind of love for them. Yeah, they're like the third episode of The Last of Us. Absolutely. They were The Last of Us before Frank The Last and, yeah. of Them. Yeah. Right. I love that. Just the way that Smee takes care of him. Yeah. Like, I feel like in the cartoon, Smee is very dopey and he's kind of the punching bag. Whereas this, like, Hook does kind of, like, lean into him, like, taking care of him. He, like, listens to his ideas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's, like, his trusted sidekick so like his trusted side piece (laughs) there it is (laughs) and then when he stops him from from killing himself 
he like kisses him on the cheek, tucks yeah. him into bed. I'm I'm with it. I think that I'm they're team, together. I'm team Smook. Oh, I was gonna ask what it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Smook. <laughs> Sounds like a Jersey Shore character. It does. Smoky. Smoky. Anyway, we are meeting all these lost kids, uh, and then we meet Rufio. He like oh flies God. in on his windsurfer skateboard. He is the new top dog, and he is not into Peter being back. I love the line where he's like, what is this, a Lord of the Flies preschool? <laughs> all these lost boys are like, who the fuck is this square? But Tink is trying to convince them that this is Peter, and they need to help him. And Rufio's like, who's on my side? And like, they all go over to his side. But this, the, this precious the little scene, kid, the oh. one cute little boy makes him bend down, looks closely at it, touching his face, looking into his eyes. Oh, there you oh, are, Peter. There you are, Peter. And all the Lost Boys gather around, are looking at his face, and they're like, it is him. Meanwhile, Captain Hook is having a complete crisis and is faking, attempting to kill himself, which is pretty heavy for a children's movie. Yeah. So Smee, actually, I didn't remember this either. That it's actually Smee's idea to make Peter Pan's kids love Hook. It's yeah. like actually a brilliant idea. He's like, this is the best kind of revenge you could get. It is. It's twisted. It's fucked. It's really up. cool. Why kill him when you could just like completely destroy him? Yeah, because later when he's like, no, this is my dad. It's like, oh, oh. Man, that's fucked up. Just put me in especially because you're such a negligent father. Yeah, like, he fucking knows it. Yeah. Peter is now in Lost Boy training. They're like putting him through this tribal boot camp, trying to teach him how to fly, trying to make him lose weight. They like put him in a slingshot and hold up signs with happy thoughts for him to try. And they're like, none of them can horsey, spell. <laughs> none of them can spell. It's like horsey birthday gum. <laughs> it's really fucking cute. So cute. What's your happy thought, Dan? Ooh. Birthday? Probably birthday. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, what is it for real? <laughs> Probably like a little baby otter. They're super cute. Oh. And when they lay on the their moms and the moms lay on their back. Oh, that's cute. That's probably the happy thought. That's beautiful. What's Girl cheese. Oh. That is also beautiful. <laughs> like that. when it's like when it's just hot and you pull apart the two halves and the cheese kind of like stretches a little bit in the middle. For sure. It's like uh the grilled cheese and chef, if you've ever seen that movie, the perfect grilled cheese. No, but I need to. No, I need to not because I can't eat cheese anymore. So, damn, I'm sorry. Maybe why it's my happy thought. I can't eat either. I'm on the Neverland diet. (laughs) Just imagine food. Floam. Nickelodeon glow in the dark putty, as seen in Hook. Man, I could smell that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever that shit was. Yeah. (laughs) So, it's not working this training so far by the way for no. for peter cut back to the pirate headquarters captain hook is teaching the children a class on why their parents hate them and honestly everything he says kind it's of compelling it's he makes compelling. a really good argument he's <laughs> yeah. like before you you were born your parents could stay up until sunrise they were free i'm like oh fuck. i knew that was gonna hit you pretty hard oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> don't take my sunrise <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh. Um, really compelling argument. And Maggie is not having it, but Jack is kind of getting a sense that he may be right. And why not? His dad fucking sucks. Yeah, he does. Specifically to Jack, too. Not so much to Maggie. He's just such a fucking asshole fucking to Jack. Asshole to Jack. Well, Jack gets sassy and like doesn't really let him get away with being a bad dad. That's true. So, he also like... tries to break that window in the airplane, which freaked me out too. So. <laughs> You're afraid of getting sucked out. Like, <laughs> duh. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, of course. You're not. You sadist. Are you all right? <laughs> Suck me out. Anyway, um, <laughs> so next we have like probably one of the most famous scenes in the movie, which is the Lost Boy dinner scene. Mm-hmm. So they sit down to feast, but there's no food on the table, or so it seems. He's but like, after- eat what? There's nothing here. Gandhi ate more than this. <laughs> You can tell he fucking um, like did so many bits in this film. You can tell he was improvising a lot. For sure. But after an epic name calling battle with Rufio, he flicks an empty spoon only to have multicolor slime hit Rufio in the face. And they're all like, you're doing it, Peter. You're using your imagination. Suddenly the table is full of food. It's an incredible feast. We erupt into a multicolor food fight. Rufio throws a coconut 
at his head and Peter grabs a sword and slices it in half in midair. And everyone's like, oh, it's, it's, oh, coming, it's coming back to him. He's doing it. Bangerang. Bangerang, Peter. When did we stop saying bangerang? I don't know. When did we start? I don't know. Really, but. Stupid. Um, yeah. Then Maggie sings her song on the pirate ship. So sad. Hook shows Jack his museum of broken clocks because they smash any clock that they find because the ticking is like PTSD for him because of the crocodile that ate his hand. Yeah. It's also like that line in Finding Neverland. It's like we're all getting chased by the crocodile with the clock in his mouth like we're getting chased by time moving forward destroy time don't let it move forward and it's it doesn't it's not necessarily gone into in such beautiful detail here but it's still you you know that that's the case he does say something that's like go on boy stop the clock like you know right yeah um and so they like encourage jack to smash his dad's watch and he just goes on a smashing spree for like everything his father fucked up he's like yeah here's for never being there for me Here's for never playing with me. Here's for not letting me blow bubbles in my chocolate milk. He goes ham. I mean, he does. I bet that was pretty cathartic. I kind of want to do that. It's a heartbreaking scene. It is pretty heartbreaking. I think I want to uh, open up like a, a therapy institute, which is just breaking clocks. And... Well, they have those like those spaces where you can go for date nights where they just like give oh, you right. baseball bats and you just like fuck shit up for an hour. Yeah, this is more about clocks. It's a hook-themed clock smashery. Yeah. Oh, nice. A clock yeah. smashery. Right next door to the Beauty and the Beast-themed boulangerie. <laughs> it's where you get all your laundry done. <laughs> Daniel, boulangerie in French is bakery. But nice try. Yeah. The boulangerie. The boo box laundry. Boulangerie. <laughs> nice um in my opinion hook is a better dad in this movie than peter is like the I whole agree. time even though he's doing it for like i don't what is it like um, nefarious purposes yeah but he is like he's a fucking great dad he is as soon as jack kind of like fulfills what he needs though he just kind of throws him away yeah uh, he is really good at this. And you could tell like he's really liking it. He's too. enjoying it. Yeah. And I would imagine too, like if your sole purpose in life has been to like defeat somebody who disappears and never comes back, like maybe you needed something else to put some, to bring some purpose into your life, which is like raising a son. Right. You can open up your own therapy for pirates in Neverland. <laughs> what is your purpose? Why are you so bugged out What's that he's never purpose? coming Why back? Why do you keep killing small kids? Yeah, why do you need to kill this one dude? Maybe. Why do you care about treasure? What do you spend it on? There's not a store here. There's nothing here. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you keep smashing clocks? Come on, man. You can go to the clock smashery for that. Is it because you're a closeted homosexual or is it because you have one hand? Is it because you don't have a mother? (laughs) Oh, that's true. That's got to be it. I was thinking more, more, it's like, what does this plot look like to you? And it looks like Smee. (laughs) (laughs) Smee's a wiener. This is like the one thing, like they keep attributing, like multiple times they attribute his evil nature to the fact that he doesn't have a mommy, doesn't have a mother, which I guess too is also like the Lost Boys kind of corral around Wendy, you know, back in the stories of Peter Pan, like Wendy becomes all of their mothers, right? And like all Lost Boys need a mother. And even like his last line is like, I want my mommy or I miss my mommy or something like that. Yeah. Which is like, oof, that's pretty deep actually. Yeah, I kind of wish they explored that a little bit. I love that part about how Wendy is all the Lost Boys' mother. There's some deep themes of this shit. For sure. Fuck you, Roger. Fuck you, dude. We see this play out when he literally sets up a huge town-wide baseball game for Jack. I love this. So fun. Definitely some weird penis symbolism around his hook. Like the pirate <laughs> wench takes it off and like grabs his hook and is like, ugh. Yeah, it's really strange. It's like, yikes, dude. He's like, just take it off. Put on my glove. Like, <laughs> he's not even sexually tempted by her. Obviously, well, he's watching baseball. He's watching the game. And his you know. lover is the umpire, is the pitcher. That's right. Um, I love this part where the guy tries to steal and they just shoot him. He's like, he's stealing second, and they just shoot him dead. He's like, bad form. Oh, bad form. We play it Master Jack's way. <laughs> So he's like, this is for all the games your daddy missed. 
but dad is there watching this game realizing how badly he has failed his son which is good for good i'm like fucking yeah eat it yeah agreed so now he sees this and he's determined to fly he's like i need to fuck some shit up so he's practicing to no avail but then his shadow directs him to this secret hideout that turns out to have been wendy's house in neverland where he and the darling children used to play tink is there and she's all dressed up for his quote coming home party and suddenly his memories are starting to come back from his time with wendy two memories of his mother. And this is where we see uh, Gwyneth Paltrow too. First yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow uh, role, 18-year-old Gwyneth Paltrow as this Wendy. Is her first role? I think so. I think wow. they found her. Yeah. Well, uh, her mother there was some is a story about actress. It, but... Blythe Danner, who looks similarly to Maggie Smith. Like, Whoa. I didn't know, you know that that I mean? was her. Yeah. She's in Meet the Parents, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting to me that like if Gwyneth Paltrow were to age into what her mother looks like, she could very right. easily age into what Maggie Smith looks like. A hundred percent. Wow. Good call. Um, Good eye. This throwback scene is interesting to me and very tragic because the way he phrases it is that he ran away. But what we see is a baby stroller get blown away from its mother down a hill and then like tip over and dump a baby into the road. Like, yeah. but he phrases it like, I ran away because I didn't want to grow up. Luckily, like Tinkerbell finds him, takes him to Neverland. But what I don't understand is like, if you go to Neverland, the whole thing is that you're not meant to grow up. But he does grow up, like he grows older in Neverland, like to age 12 or 13. I agree. I have no idea how that worked. I'm not sure. Like he went there as a baby, tiny baby. And also Tinkerbell kind of stole him. Yes. <laughs> like the mother could have found She could have, yeah, she could have brought him back to his mother. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I have a feeling when you get older, you're going to be quite a looker, young man. <laughs> That's a- <laughs> so but when he gets a little bit older he goes back to the real world to to find his parents but they've already completely moved on had another baby um but then he finds wendy played by the beautiful young gwyneth paltrow and the whole the peter wendy thing too is like pretty tragic to me that like they are like in love with each other as kids but then she keeps aging and he doesn't but she still is like holding out for him yeah and then suddenly she's an old lady and like he sees her and like recoils yeah and then she just goes ahead and lets him kiss her sleeping granddaughter without her consent and and then the, the thing is like i want to give her a kiss it's like no no thimbles no buttons i can't watch her get her heart broken too and then he's like no a real kiss and i was thinking like doesn't that also break her heart? Like, does it, does a real kiss mean that he means to stick around and he won't ever go back? I guess so. I guess, I guess a real kiss as opposed, like the thimble is the broken promises. But how sad for Wendy that for all that they had been through together, he never chose to stay for her. But yeah. he looks at Oof. her granddaughter sleeping for two seconds and is like, all right, I'll grow old. Like, That's a good point. Boom. Pretty brutal. Maybe Gwyneth Paltrow is hotter. Oh, no, no, sorry. It's not Gwyneth, Gwyneth Pal- Paltrow. Right. No, maybe more, Moira, Moira is hotter, hotter than Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Doubtful. I mean, from what I can tell, no. Anyway, all of this, these memories come to him. And then he's looking at his Teddy and he's like, Teddy, Taddy, Daddy. He remembers the day that his son was born and that's his happy thought. And suddenly he can fly. And then it's like, boom, he's off. Like he shot out of a cannon. He's up in the sky. We get an outfit change. Yep. In, in the, the sky. sky. Okay. Yeah. And, a, and a hairdo change yes, too. Yes. Everything changes in the sky. Uh, Rufio relinquishes the sword and all the Lost Boys crow together. Like their, Love this. their pan is back. Robin Williams does a good crow. A good fucking crow. Oh, man. I would imagine that was part of the audition process. Like, you had to do a good crow. Right. It's like, all right, so that was pretty good. And just obviously, last thing, let me just hear your crow. They're like, are you serious? Uh, Yes. Yeah, Yeah, actually. actually We're not going to be able to. Can I I hear it? If you could crow for us, that would be great. (laughs) I want to hear yours. I don't know if I can even do it. I was literally just going, I know I'm going to end up having to fucking crow on this podcast. (laughs) I was just trying to figure it out to outlast you as the... I don't even know if I can do it. As you can, my throat's already fucked up because I'm re- reveling in all of the New York City pollution once again. But, mm. and I also live now in like a closed quarters apartment building. Oh, right. Okay. But I'll try anyway. Okay. <laughs> all right, ready? <laughs> <laughs> I 
for the record too i've never done this before i've never tried to do this in my life so well we'll be the judge of that <laughs> you'll be the judge if i've never done this before yeah because if it's too good i'll know you've tried all right all right <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, now, Dan, it's your turn. Okay. <coughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Well, it seemed like a little, ended a little prematurely, but I will say the face that you made made up for it. I was thinking that it was like mostly face. Yeah, a little neck. Yeah. In there, too. Uh, the pan is back, needless to say. For sure. Um, but through this change, he kind of forgets about why he's there. Tink ha- is, has to remind him. But before that, she's going to take advantage of his short-term memory or long-term lem- memory loss. This scene is so out of... N- it doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's like to justify having Julia Roberts in this role, I feel like. What's the point of this? Yes. She's like, if I don't get a chance to act with another human being throughout this whole <laughs> film, lose my fucking mind. Yeah, murder I've keeper been in this box for three months. Um, <laughs> Tink gets big, and she's like, I never wished for anything more in my whole life. God, I've never had a feeling this big, and now I'm big enough to feel it, and big enough to kiss him right on the mouth. And he's just like classic fuckboy. Yeah, girl, but I love Moira and Jack and yeah. Maggie. So breaks another heart and just like zips on out of there to go save his kids. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got a plan. The plan being just go there and get him. (laughs) She's like, I literally wasted my one fairy wish on getting big enough to have a, you know. You know. Big enough internal dick sock. (laughs) 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 And you are not even going to take advantage it's like we have four seconds, dude. We're in never, never land. Like time does not exist. Like you could go rescue your kids in 15 more minutes. Also, it's not cheating if it's in Neverland. I'm pretty sure none of this is really happening. So Absolutely. <laughs> but no, he hard passes on Julia Roberts and assembles his crew. The Lost Boys suit up and get ready for battle. And just before Hook is about to pierce Jack's ear, who is, by the way, dressed up like little baby Hook, Mm-hmm. It's Pansha. adorable. That's it's what so I looked like, by the way. Did That's you have what a wig? I looked like. Uh, yes. Oh my god, we're gonna need a, a picture of that if you could write to I'll your mother, so we could link it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Pan shows up to the pirate ship and is ready to fucking fight. Jack also does not remember who his dad is at the beginning of this too, so it's getting a little. He's under the spell hard. Funky. Yeah. yeah. The war begins. Pirates on Lost Boys. The Lost Boy defenses are so fucking funny. It's like mirrors, so chickens, great. and marbles. And thud ball. And also turning thud. the chubbiest boy into a cannonball. He's in a cannonball. I love that. My favorite part. Everybody's fighting. We have the showdown between Hook and Rufio. Hook stabs this kid right oh. in, the set, in the middle of his chest. And as Rufio is dying in Pan's arm, says, I wish I had a dad like you. Oh, my God. And I'm like, why? He's kind of sucked this whole time. Well, who knows if he knows what having a dad is like at all. I mean, you know what the like kind of like a heartbreaking part about that is? Dante Bosco and Robin Williams had like a really great relationship. And they would like chat about poetry because he loved dead poets. And like he gave him at the end of the shooting, he gave him Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. And because of that, Dante Bosco opened up a poetry venue out of his living room, which he says is now the largest open mic venue in America called the Poetry Lounge. Oh, Um, my God. Yeah. And he like absolutely they loved one another. And I'm sure that that line really meant something to him. Yeah. Oh, God. I have goosies. Yeah. Love that shit. Me too. Rufio is dead, which is fucking brutal. Brutal. Um, We take like two seconds to mourn him. Like... (laughs) Now, like, Jack sees this shook going down. He takes off the wig and is like, Dad, I want to go home. You know, Peter could care less about defeating Hook. He's just like, great. He scoops his kids and he's like, we're out of here. But Hook is basically like, I'm never going to leave you alone. So we have to finish this. They have a crazy sword fight. Robin Williams is doing some amazing sword work, by the way. It's incredible. 
It's he's so cool. crushing it. I feel yeah. like he's doing all his stunts and Dustin Hoffman is not doing any of them. You could tell too. There's a couple of times where they switch a little bit and Hook has to put his hook up to his face so you don't see it's a stuntman. Yeah. And it's also because Dustin Hoffman is is pretty short, even shorter right. than uh, Robin Williams. So it wouldn't really yeah. work. Yeah, but Robin Williams is crushing it. There's the part where Hook starts like sharpening his hook on that oh, wheel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, this none of this is real, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be this guy who's like a shitty dad. Alcoholic. Alcoholic. Hides from his family. It was. It's one of my favorite parts in the movie where it's like, none of this shit is like some wild exercise. And it really exercise. gets to him. Yeah. And all the kids have to be like, I believe in you, Peter Pan. Yeah. Oh, so fucking sweet. So then he like gets back at Hook. Hook falls to his knees, loses his sword. His wig gets flung onto one of the lost boys, which is so fucking. <laughs> He's so vulnerable. It's so sad. Yeah, he just looks like a sad old man. Well, and that's when Peter is about to finish him, and Maggie and Jack beg him to stop. And they're like, please, daddy, let's just go home. He's just a sad old man who needs a mommy. And Maggie is wise beyond her years. She's, she's the one all right female character in this <laughs> film. And she's like eight. Yeah. So he like lets him off easy, but then he's like, ha ha, don't ever turn your back on Captain Hook. And so he like has another sword, gets Peter by the hook, pressed up against the huge crocodile clock tower. Peter grabs the hook and like smashes it into the crocodile thing, which is also apparently kind of alive. It, well, like, also like Tinkerbell, he, he swings oh, yeah. the hook and then Tinkerbell like comes really quickly and like parries it away. She's strong of. as shit. Like, why has she not been fighting this whole time? For a second there, I was like, wait, is this how Tinkerbell dies? But I'm like, oh, no, no. She has to bring the kids back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, smashes his hook into the crocodile, which like free kind of frees it from the clock tower. Yeah. He's like tripping over himself. The crocodile statue falls onto him and like kind of gobbles him up. just like eats him. Yeah, Yeah. gobbles him up. It's a weird... And burps. And burps, yeah. Hook is gone. Peter passes the sword to... What is his name? Thud. Thud. You know what's the coolest part about this? So none of the kids knew who it was going to be. Really? Yeah. That's obvious because their faces... Anytime he like puts the sword in front of them they their faces light up so yeah. much and it feels like such a tease like he is psyching them out he is, he's really getting off on it but mm-hmm. uh they let him improvise the scene so the actors would have like genuine responses like you saw That's so cute which is pretty cool so yeah so he <laughs> he passes the sword to thud says goodbye to the lost boys tink flies the children back and their mother awakes the next morning and they're back in their beds. And they're all reunited again as a family. He is like has a new lease on life because he's now like part uh kid. Part yeah, part pan, part ban. <laughs> right. And um this whole time we haven't brought up this the, the crazy old guy who lives in their house, lives in the house with them, who once was a lost boy as well, who is always talking about losing his marbles which we assume is his mind, but he actually did lose physical marbles in Neverland and Peter gives them back to him and the pouch is filled with pixie dust and the old man flies away, which we can only imagine he's going back to Neverland. Then I was like, oh, are we just going to have like one crazy grandpa hanging out in Neverland? Like how fun is that? Yeah, that's awesome. Then he probably just like takes that sword from Thud. Nah, I think he's too crazy, really. He's too crazy. He needs to have his own separate area. They're going to be taking care of him. Like he's seen now. Maybe he should be a pirate, to be honest. Probably. <laughs> because I guess without Hook, like the pirates could ideally be nice now if they wanted to. That's right. Maybe they just run a hospice or something like that. A hospice? Or just like a hospital. Sorry. Like a <laughs> like a place where they assist people in dying. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Like a, a, nice, a nice home. A nice home for people who don't grow old or die of Aww. natural causes. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, my dearies, is how the story ends. Love it. Let's rate and submit. All right. Um, I love anything that has to do with Peter Pan, to be honest. If you set me up with some Peter Pan shit and some Robin Williams shit at the same time, dog, it's game over. That's a yes from me, dog. That's a yes from me, dog, as well. Um, It's so magical. The whole movie, the music and the lighting and just the, the whole like folklore about it. You know, they could just keep referencing all the things that we know about the original story like clapping to make sure that uh tinkerbell doesn't die like all that stuff can just kind of be like touched on a little bit Mm -hmm. and and we know the what what it means 
Uh, I'll take a million more Peter Pan things. I'm going to give this movie eight and a half out of ten thud balls. (laughs) Love it. I would agree for all the shit that this movie took from the critics about like how shitty the set was or how like chaotic things felt or whatever. Like I think it was kind of the perfect portrayal of this place where there are no rules and no time. And I thought it felt pretty magical and I loved it then. I loved it now. There was so much cool stuff that I was able to pick up on this watch. I thought it was cast perfectly except for Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm trying to think like who I would cast in that. Like if it was done now, <laughs> like maybe like Zoe Deschanel or something. Ah, uh, what was that? My stomach. I don't know. Was it your stomach? I think I it was. Think... Now I can't. Hear... <laughs> <laughs> my Zoe Deschanel really gets the Zoe juices. <laughs> I I feel like that would be one thing where it's like, oh, of course they're fucking making it Zoe Deschanel. I know. Like, I, I don't want really that. want it, but I feel like that's what they would do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think it's a beautiful movie filled with imagination, though not many good parts for women. So you mm. lose points there. How many? Mm, I'm going to give this movie 8 out of 10 bumps of pixie dust. <laughs> nice. Making you think there's happy thoughts. That's right. Find your happy thought. Well, our happy thought is all of you who listen week after week. We appreciate it so, so much. Please don't stop reaching out on social media with your movie requests. We love hearing them. We love being tagged in your stories about you and listening to it with your kids and all the things. So keep sharing it. Keep listening. We appreciate you all so much. Yeah. Uh, we really can't say it enough. Everything we, we hear from anybody who's listening is just the coolest feeling in the world. So thank you very much. All right, everybody. Good night, Neverland. Good night, Neverland. Thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Movie Club. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and write us a glowing review. We are millennials. We kind of need the validation. For even more goodies, be sure to follow Millennial Movie Club on TikTok and Instagram. Later, Later days. days.